The following is a Pro Football Network podcast. The primary voice for pro football at profootballnetwork.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the PFM Premier NFL Draft Podcast. Ian Cummings here with my co-host and good friend, Ali Hodgkinson. Last time, we were talking about the 2023 NFL Draft, some of our scouting report updates, some of our film evaluation updates. We're going to keep rolling through those today, but we have an important uh, you know, development through the cycle, Ali. We just compiled our first top 50 big board. Uh, this earlier this week right so obviously it's very early right there's a lot that's going to change a lot still left to play out but we can start to talk about what the complexion of this class is what it kind of looks like right now where the position battles you know who are some guys that just missed the top 50 that might work their way in uh and then we got some other updates on players that we have watched in depth so we're going to get into all of that first off though ali how you doing my man i'm doing very well this thursday sunny thursday afternoon that we're recording this sunny in the uk really is a very different thing to sunny in the states to be fair but the sun's out the tapes out got Connor galvin to watch later on this afternoon very much looking forward to it and uh, i feel it feels like we're really starting to get into the meat of this early summer scouting period now a couple of uh, drafts of of scouting reports that we're, we're working through between me you and james and um yeah doing good man doing good looking forward to talking about this class again some of the top 50 guys yeah it's exciting i just i just got done watching uh, jackson smith and jigba that was an interesting one we can talk about that when we when we go over the wide receivers um yeah so how we how we add our scouting reports here is we kind of just cam gives us a list and we draft from it right so uh i know the first draft we had you know we had a pool of prospects and ollie picked first and then you know he got one guy i got another right so this this next time we brought James, our good guy James Fergoza, into the mix, and uh, uh, we had a we actually had a trade. I think um, yeah, James he had the last pick and he picked Quentin Johnston, and I really wanted Quentin Johnston. Uh, and I'll t- we'll talk about him later too. Um, but then James was like, "All right, Ali, give me Clark Phillips." Ali's not giving up Clark Phillips, right? So you know we had a three way trade where I gave Ali Kalaja Kansi. Um, Ali gave James Trent Simpson, Clemson linebacker, and then uh, James gave me Quentin Johnson. So we're already, you know, full speed ahead with the trades and the scouting reports. And it's fun. It's a fun time for sure. Getting those preliminary evaluations in. But, you know, it, it takes that's one step. And then the next step is compiling it all into rankings into a top 50 big board, which is what we recently did. So we're going to start off. Ali. We're going to talk about that. And it was a very interesting exercise to go through. You know, obviously, there's still so much to play out at this point. It feels a little unnatural ranking these guys. We can talk about, you know, some of the biggest takeaways from it. Some of the first guys up just to give everyone kind of some context here. Number one player right now, Will Anderson. Number two, CJ Stroud. Number three, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, Georgia. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Number four, I think he might fall a little bit after my evaluation of him. Still a very good player. I'm not sure if he's that blue chip number four guy. Number five, Keishon Boutte, right behind him. Wide receiver battle. Number six, B. John Robinson. Uh, number seven, Miles Murphy, Clemson. 
Number eight, Bryce Young. Number nine, Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame. And number 10, Eli Ricks, corner Alabama. Obviously, 40 more spots. We won't go through them all. We've got stuff to talk about. we got time, uh, and we can't waste it. So, I mean, I guess, Ali, first off, just real quick, the initial impressions from this exercise. You know, every year we do the same thing, but there's different things we learn every time. Yeah, for sure. I think the, the biggest takeaway um, for me is um, just how highly – all four of us involved with putting together the, the Pro Football Network top 50, initial top 50 big board and the big boards that we'll do throughout the season. Just how high, obviously, we all are on, on Will Anderson. I know in this class, there's been already a lot of folks on the, the quarterbacks um, in, this, uh, in the class, just purely based on what we saw last season, the, the lack of top-level quarterbacks, therefore the lack of excitement that there was generally around the, the NFL draft. And I think it's been early on the 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 thought process and the excitement over having some some real top level quarterbacks to evaluate is a lot of people have gone on you, you look at a lot of big boards and Stroud and and, and Bryce Younger are the two top guys. But when you, you sit back and you look at the, the class as a whole, you look at both sides of the board, I, I don't think you can take away um, from Will Anderson, the, the deserved recognition of being just the most dominant player in college football um, and the most dominant of, of all the, the, the NFL 2023 NFL draft prospects. You know, he's a kid who's explosive, uh, explosive, that's not a word, explosive, bendy, strong. It could be a powerful. word, honestly. It could be a word. I think I might stop putting it into scouting reports. Yeah, just explosive. he's explosive, man. He's He's got that... He's got that burst. He's got that explosive nature to him. Um, there you go. I think uh, that's a word I'm going to start using more of, I think. Uh, but, you know, Will Anson, he plays with that fire inside of him. He's, he is pretty much completely dominant when you watch Alabama. It takes – there's not many reps that when you look back at the 2021 college football season, there's not many reps where you can say Will Anderson did not dominate from play to play, from down to down. And um, I think that that was the big takeaway for me. Will Anderson is clearly, I think, the top player in this class. The, the other thing, and we, we talked about the quarterbacks. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about quarterbacks because, you know, everyone's talking about it. But I, I think we talked about it on Monday's show, Tuesday's show. I mean, get get the whole what day we record to what day we go out. So Tuesday's show. I think there is that drop off between CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, and, and that's that's showcased on our um, our early top fifty big board because yeah, Bryce, Bryce Young is an impressive talent, but there is that little bit of a gap to him uh, to CJ Stroud. I think that's the big one of the big takeaways from the early um, going with our um, our top fifty is that yes, those two are probably consistently and markedly better than than the two thousand and twenty two NFL draft class. But there is also a, a difference between those two that needs to be uh, demonstrated on on these big boards, I think. Yeah, and that's kind of what we've been finding. And I know you wrote a piece on it. We talked about it on the podcast. But yeah, I mean, to me personally, and again, like it's subjective. You can have a different opinion for sure. But looking at Bryce Young, you know, well, he's got better creation capacity. You know, I, the arm is definitely better with Stroud. I think the process right now is better with Stroud. And, you know, it kind of culminates in a better prospect at the end of the day. It's it's going to be exciting, though, to see how they both develop because they're both 
tremendously talented quarterbacks. And if I was a betting man, uh, I'm not. But if I was, I'd, I'd say probably both of them going in round one next uh, next uh, April. So that, that's a fun one. You know, this top 50 was really fun to me, not just the top range. And obviously, Will Anderson, you know, I think there's some people who could challenge him for the top prospect. It'll be Jalen Carter, even B. John Robinson. I know positional value factors in, like, he's not going number one overall. He's not going top 10. He's, he shouldn't go top 20, right? He's a running back, all right? But as a running back, you know, I'm of the mind that he's a special prospect. Watching watching him play, you know, he's he's just so fun. And again, we'll talk about him later. But there's a lot of talent, man. But I, I had just as much fun looking at the 40 to 50 range as I did the 1 to 10 range. Because 40 to 50 is where you got guys who potentially break out. You know, the guys who are just kind of lurking in the depths. They're like, hey, like, they still got some work to do. But if they can reach that ceiling... You know, they can really become special players. And you look at guys like Robert Scott, like Will Levis in there, like uh, uh, who's the BYU? Jaron Jaren, Jaren Hall. Yeah, for some reason, I was going to say Jared Allen. Jaron Hall from BYU. You know, uh, Tyler Davis, Clemson, if you can stay healthy. Cameron Latu, Alabama. Devin A. Shane, Texas A&M. Uh, and then Jermaine Burton, Alabama. That's another fun one. Roderick Jones, Isaiah Foskey. You know, these are guys who, you know, are very solid prospects already but could potentially rise into the first round conversation with a good and some of them probably won't like a chain size is probably going to knock them down right you got to take it case by case with all of them but this is the area the general area of the board regardless of what prospect you're talking about this is the area of the board where breakout players can be you know kind of sneaking in so it's a fun fun group to evaluate but real quick we're going to get into players who are kind of in on that fringe who may have been just out but first off ollie you know top position battles in this top 50 i feel like the top 50 of ranking is a really good way of kind of encapsulating where the position battles are where it's tighter than other positions right and the one that stood out to me first off was a wide receiver i think you look at the top of this class right now and i was talking i've talked with you about it i was talking with tommy about it um it, it seems like it's kind of a five horse race here you got jackson smith and jigba you got Keyshawn Boutte. you got jordan addison You've got Quentin Johnson, and then you could arguably put Josh Downs in that conversation too. I think he's a little, he's just a hair below. His size is kind of an issue for me, but, you know, he is a very talented player. But I look at these, you know, at least four, you know, these guys are all phenomenal wide receiver prospects. And in early rankings, they're neck and neck. And I I know after watching most of them, I still got to get to Addison. Um, but I'm, I'm already a big fan of him off my surface level evaluation, you know, and guys like Quentin Johnson, this guy has the talent to be special. Like I'm just saying it right now, like he's a phenomenal talent. Uh, but this wide receiver class, it's so close. And I feel like there's so many different outcomes, you know, Smith and Jigma is probably the high, highest floor guy, right. You know, like he's so reliable, so consistent, you know, so effortless with how he adjusts for passes. Um, you know, he he's easily a guy who could go on to just, you know, rack up a thousand air seasons left and right, right? Keishon Boutte, the upside, the explosiveness, the twitch, you know, the run after catchability, that's all there with him. Johnson, the length, you know, the long strider speed, uh, the alpha mentality at the catch point, you know, it's it's so fun. Already so many different molds. And I, I think there's, you know, the, like I said, there's countless outcomes. So wide receiver battle is is to me it's stacking up as one of the best ones early on it's kind of the same deal for you yeah and there's this name so i would even add to the guys that you've uh, mentioned there i think what one of the exciting things is going in there isn't even there's not a clear-cut wide receiver one you know we've got uh, jackson smith and jigba as the the top wide receiver on the top uh, the top 50 board um under the initial rankings but him and Keishon butte were right next to each other 
and very much a picky poison of what you want in a wide receiver with those two because Keishon Butte, man, the explosion, the speed, the after the catch, the the some of the stuff he can do in the open field, the the ability to to contort his body and prove elusive. There's so much excitement in in there, and those two are uh, right together on the big board. And then you you know you mentioned Jordan Addison, you mentioned Quentin Johnston, who has got arguably the potential to be like the the Drake London type character of this class. You know, the bigger, athletic um, wide receiver. You've got you mentioned um, Josh Downs from UNC, who's you know he's a true speed threat who gets the job done in the open field like you wouldn't believe. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the quarterback situation at North Carolina plays out for Josh Downs this year, obviously losing Sam, Sam Howell. Then you've got guys like um, Marvin Mims at Oklahoma, who's, who's likely to be the sort of go-to guy for, for Dylan Gabriel this year, a guy who's got impressive play speed, great ball tracking and body control, real reliable pair of hands. There is, you know, a whole host of guys. It'd be remiss of me not to mention my guy, Zay Flowers, but you... You picked up Jermaine Burton. I think he has got the potential to be the guy who elevates himself in this class in the same way, not the same style of player by any stretch of imagination, but he can elevate himself in this class the same way that Jameson Williams did, a guy that's not really particularly well-known at this point in his in his career in the same way that Jameson Williams wasn't when he went to Alabama. But he's likely to go end up being the go-to guy for Bryce Young potentially a six foot two hundred pound wide receiver with the size, speed, ball tracking, plucks the ball out of the air with that natural pass catching style, you know. And he's a guy that made it into our top fifty very much on that projection, you know, the projection that he can be the go-to guy for Bryce Young in that Alabama offense this year. So there's a there's a whole hatful of guys at wide receiver, and I think it's it's very much. At this point in time, I think it's very much less cut and dry than it was at this time last year. You know, you looked at this this time last year, you looked at Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London. They were they were probably the guys. And that's how it ended up being. At this point of this cycle, I don't think you can hang your hat on a three out of five to, to eight guys as to who will emerge as the, the top guys at the position, which I think makes it super, super exciting. Yeah, for sure. And it's not just the top end talent. Like, I think the top end talent is definitely there in a little bit higher quantity than it was last year. But there's a lot of depth, too. Like, there's so many guys you could name. And it's 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 incredible. And I think you brought up a great point with Jameson Williams is that, you know, before the season last year, he was on the radar. I mean, he for sure, he was on the radar. Okay, like transferring from Ohio State to Alabama, you know, speed guy. Everyone knew about the speed, but no one could have predicted him breaking out to the degree that he did. And I feel like you know, that's the, the element of uncertainty that we can't account for at this point in time in the cycle, right? Like er, very early on, there are players in that 100 to 300 range who are going to break out and become early round picks. And we aren't talking about them right now. You know, that's always how it is. There's always someone that you're not talking about that you are talking about in, in months time. So it's, that's the that's the fun part of the process always. And if you scout traits, you can kind of predict it a little bit. But, you know, there's always that element of unpredictability that randomness the entropy uh, to the draft process that's so alluring and, and I, I love that part of it but moving on to another position wide receiver obviously a very fun one real quick Ali who's your wide receiver one uh, initially who was it Zay Flowers it's always Zay Flowers it's always Zay Flowers <laughs> it's, always, it's always Zay Flowers I, I, I honestly at this at this moment in time 
I, I need to I need to watch more of, of some guys because I, I loved doing um Keishon Butte's Sky report and getting in depth on him. And um, but there's this flaws to his game, I think. He's not this this casting iron wide receiver one that a lot of people think he is. He's super exciting. There's lots to love in terms of the after the catch, the speed, the explosion. Um but it, but he's not hundred percent complete. I, I, I at this moment in time. I have a hard job splitting a, a, a number of guys, uh, and that could lead to bef- before the start of COD's um, football season. It could lead to, you know, a potential surprise at the wide receiver one position. Yeah, Butte was an interesting watch to me because I do think he has the upside for sure. A, l- a few more focus drops than I would have wanted to see. I think he can become a little bit more efficient as a route runner too. So there is work to do. At his max projection, I think he can be better than all of the prospects from last year's class. But right now, I'd say he, he'd probably be closer to a top five guy there. You know, So it's like it's one of those things. These prospects are very good, and I think the overall top end talent, the amount of it in this class is greater. But you're right. It is very tough to see where it settles right now. I'm looking at Quentin Johnson as a guy who could really emerge as that bona fide wide receiver one. And, and right now, you know, I ran his preliminary grade. He's wide receiver one for me. I still got a great Jordan Addison. But he's wide receiver one for me by a decent margin. And it, a lot of it comes from the upside. You know, he's got the size that the other guys lack. He's explosive. I mean, this guy, when he opens his strides off the line, he's gone. Like, he's, he's, he, he accelerates so quickly upfield. He's twitchy. He's got fast feet. You know, the length, the alpha mentality, the physicality, the strength at the catch point. Uh, and he's got some run after catch ability, too, with that agility. You know, can slip through arm tackles. So I'm a huge fan of Quentin Johnson. You know, I'm really looking forward to him elevating his game and looking at you know the quarterback play that he that he kind of went through too you know there was some there was some volatility with the targets and in the quality of the targets so you know i'm hoping he can take that next step this year because he's a phenomenal talent but moving on you know one more position and we can touch on a couple others real quick but i think the other big one that's standing out to me for kind of the opposite reason is offensive tackle you know wide receiver you have so much talent at the top it's hard to parse through it offensive tackle to me, anyway, there's really no one who separated themselves right now. And I know you've had you've had an opportunity to watch Paris Johnson. I think this can be a good segue into some of our scouting report updates or film updates. But uh, you, you watched Paris Johnson, uh, offensive guard from Ohio State, who's moving to tackle this season. Uh, and I think he played tackle in high school. I could be wrong. You can correct me on that. But I think he did. Um, and then there's other guys, too, that you've that you've got assigned to you as well. Peter Scaranti from, from Northwestern, I think. Uh, you got Connor Galvin from Baylor. Uh, and then there's other players to talk about, like Cardiff Warren, uh, Pittsburgh, Robert Scott Jr., upside guy, Florida State, Matthew Bergeron, Syracuse. You know, there's there's talent here for sure. Uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Uh, but it's it's so unsettled here. And none of these guys are bona fide top guys. Whereas with the wide receiver class, we know probably at least half of these prospects that we're talking about in that top group are going round one. You know, with offensive tackle, we really don't know what's happening right now. So, Ali, talk me through it. You know, what are your thoughts on the offensive tackle battle right now? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's, it's weird because you come off um, come off a year where, like, th- even at this point of the year, you know, mid to late May, 
we knew whatever nil was. We knew what Ike and was from, you know, going in maybe as an elite guard with some question marks about his offensive tackle capability that he went on to showcase that he could play that position to a high level. But, you know, Neil, Ike and Charles Cross, the, the three guys who turned out to be the top three tackles, we kind of knew at this point of, of this cycle, even, um, even then, that they would probably be the top three guys, you know, throwing... Um, you know, guys like Rashid Walker, who fe- who started off very highly rated but fell away. We we kind of had we had an idea. This this point, this time, this cycle, I don't think you can hang your hat on on any of these guys at, the, at this moment in time as being a top ten picks, b being top of their position. You know, there's question marks when you early in the running about Peter Skaronski. You know, he he was in super impressive for Northwestern as a freshman, has held down that left tackle position for the Wildcats in the first two years of his career. People already throwing out the, oh, this guy's a guard at the next level with length concerns and height and size concerns and potentially the Peter Skaronski. Then you you look at um, Connor Galvin, who is a Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Lineman of the Year, sorry, should I say, not Offensive Player of the Year, could you imagine? Holy moly. Um, But um, you know, is is he is he is he all of that when it comes to the the NFL draft? Well, I'm going to find out this afternoon, and very much looking forward to it. But you know, guys like Paris Johnson never played a snap at tackle in his life. He's been a guard, uh, but been considered one of the top offensive tackles. Broderick Jones, who came in down the stretch for for Georgia, is he one of the top guys? Robert Scott, we talked about. There's there's a lot of names. There's no clarity. Um, at this point in the cycle with the offensive tackle class. And wherever there's no clarity, that makes it exciting. Um, really exciting, I think. Yeah, for sure. And you can talk about other guys too, like uh, Zion Nelson, Miami. I'm particularly excited about him because we know he has the tools, has not been able to channel them. But Alex Mirabal coming over from Oregon, one of the esteemed offensive line coaches in the league, you know, now working with a talented player like Nelson could be a catalyst for his development. I agree, though. You know, I think right now you've got the names, but it's not settled at all. And that's that's uh, that's a catalyst for, you know, someone to emerge this season. Who's it going to be? We'll see. But I'm very excited to, to, to find out here uh, real quick. We're going to pivot to some film observations. But Ali, you know, who are some guys that for you just real quick, like 30 seconds? All right? I know we tend to bend the rules here, but we, we got a limited time allotment right now. I know you got to go pick up uh, your, your kid from school. So, you know, what are we looking at? Who are some guys that fell out of the top 50 that could have snuck in, who may sneak in. You know, I'm looking at Cedric Van Pran, center from Georgia, phenomenal, phenomenally talented player who who really plays with, you know, great mobility. All right. He's got some core strength to him. Uh, and then Josh Downs, North Carolina. We mentioned him earlier, but explosive speed guy. He's got some instincts too. He can contort, he can adjust, he can reach beyond his frame for passes. Uh, so he can be a complete wide receiver, but then he's got that dynamic ability in multiple phases as well. Who are some prospects to you that you could have argued to get in the top 50? I think you look at uh, about, uh, three guys, let's call it. Sean Tucker, the running back out of Syracuse, a legitimate speed threat. I'm intrigued to see what he does this year um, for the Orange. Um, Nefemiah Pritchett, the cornerback at Auburn. For me, I thought he was better at the cornerback position than Roger McCreary when I scouted Auburn's um, <clears throat> excuse me, defensive backs this time last year. I thought Nefemiah Pritchett was 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 more of a standout um, than Roger McCreary. Um, Olu Oluwatimi, the, the centre of Michigan, you know, the last couple of cycles we've had 
Tyler Lindebaum, Creed Humphrey, high-rated centre prospects. We don't appear to have that at this stage. But if I was going to put my money on a guy who could eventually be that guy, I think it's your man from Michigan. Transferred over, going to work with that line. But yes, lost a couple of pieces, but also still returns a couple of pieces of the Joe Moore award-winning um, offensive line. So I think it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Oli Oluwotimi um, pro- progresses this year, how he develops, because I think he is a guy who could potentially be the top centre and elevate himself up into that, that uh, top 50 top fifty role. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting centre class because guys like Jarrett Patterson, Ricky Stromberg, both went back. Oluwotimi, you know, going to Michigan where they just got the Joe Moore Award. I feel like that's a great place for him to take the next step. I liked his tape at Virginia, so I'm interested to see what he does there. But, you know, I agree. I think that's that's a position where, you know, again, kind of like wide receiver, kind of like offensive tackle, kind of like everything at this stage. It's not settled yet. We're getting there. And unfortunately, we can't, you know, we can't really force it. We just got to wait. You know, all, all you can do is wait. The only accelerant for that is time. So that's that's the fun part, man. And I'm so excited to, you know, look back in in, in uh, nine months and see how wrong our top 50 board was. I mean, it's something you do every cycle, right? You know, you can never have all the answers at this point, but it's always a fun exercise to, you know, stay the course and see what changes and, you know, roll with the punches and go with the flow. You know, that's the, that's the fun part about the draft cycle is that it truly moves on its own, has a life of its own. Um, but early on, we have been able to scout some guys, get some preliminary grades in. Ali, I know you mentioned um, Paris Johnson a little bit earlier. We talked about him. We've got a few more minutes here. Uh, talk to me about, uh, wait, who was, who was the second? Kale Ringo, right, from Georgia. That was who you wanted to talk about? Yeah, for sure, man. So, yeah, yeah. I, um, I've, got, I've got a number of the top quarterbacks in this class uh, as it, as it um, pertains to our early top 50. So, Kale Ringo out of Georgia – Potentially more the most famous play that uh, a redshirt freshman has ever made, securing the pick six, pick six, which finally put the national championship to bed and delivered Georgia their first national championship for 40 years. This kid is, you look at him, man, he's a physical, imposing NFL sized cornerback already. Best part of six foot two, listed at six two, I would, I, I would guess he measures in at six one and a half. Somewhere around that range. What listed 205. There's noises out of Georgia that he played at 220 pounds last year. Are you serious? At cornerback. That's like a Apparently box safety so, yeah. playing corner. <laughs> exactly. And this is the 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 exciting and enticing thing. This is all I put in his scouting report. Like the size, the for uh, the, the speed and athleticism for his size is incredible. This is a kid who ran a 10 4 300 meters. Uh, at the high school level, 21, 18, 200 meters at the high school level. And when you flip on the tape, like, that doesn't always translate to the tape, but I think it does. You watch Kelly Ringo for Georgia last year, covering guys like Jameson Williams that we talked about earlier, um, covering guys like Wondell Robinson out of Kentucky. You know, the, these guys who have got speed, explosion, acceleration, burst, you name it, twitchiness, they've got it. Kelly Ringo is sticky as hell. Like, I think you're looking at a guy who's an extremely sticky man coverage cornerback, extremely physical with that size. Um, and just being big doesn't always mean that you can be physical, but Kali Ringo is physical, sometimes to the point of um, penalty, which is one of the, 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 the sort of areas for improvement on his scouting report. Was he's he's going to need to harness that physicality and that aggression because sometimes... He, he pulls out what can only be described as wrestling moves at the catch point, which obviously you are not going to get away with, especially at the NFL level. But um, 
tall, well-sized, long, fast, you know, burst, explosive, twitchy in his movements, um, good ball skills. From what you can tell, because actually, when you flip on the tape, already, even as a, as a redshirt freshman last year, there was a lot of teams that were just afraid to throw at Kali Ringo. Um, so he's he's excited. There, there is a, there's a, he's a work in progress. Um, certainly, the inexperience shows. This was his first year starting. Lost all of 2021 recovering from a torn labrum surgery. Um, so there, there's things he needs to work on. Eye discipline. Sometimes he's he gets his head round um, back to the quarterback far too early. And, he, and with that, he's, he's lost track of the ball. He's lost track of his man. And he wasn't always punished at the college level. Um, but I think it would be punished in a big way at the NFL level. So they're, they're things he needs to iron out this season. But he's certainly a contender to be the top cornerback. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, watching in depth guys like Eli Ricks and Clark Phillips out of Utah, um, Cam Smith out of South Carolina, Antonio Johnson at Texas. This is another really tight class in terms of the cornerback position. Lots of it, lots of exciting talent there. But Kali Ringo certainly proposes to be right at the top of that class. Yeah, and you know, it's one thing you can usually tell when the school like ups the weight a little bit on the listing, right? With Kalei Ringo, you watch him, you can tell he's over 200 pounds. This is a guy sure. who has a strong frame at the cornerback position, and in the NFL, you know, it's a physical game. You know, you can't just you, you can't just match the guy. You can't just mirror him. You know, sometimes you've got to get in there. you got to jam him. you got to kind of show him that you got to impose your will a little bit. And I think he can do that for sure. He's got the frame too, like you said, maybe a little overzealous at times, but has the tools that you can't teach. And that's that's a great thing for sure. We're almost out of time, but I want to talk about B. John Robinson because I had the opportunity to watch him. Uh, we drafted our scouting reports, our next scouting reports yesterday, and I made sure I got B. John first. I was like, all right. And I know Ali and, and Cam, they were like, yeah, he's probably going to pick Bijan. And it's like, I wanted to prove you guys wrong, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't I, because <laughs> Bijan is just, he's too good of a player, man. I got to, I'm going to go on a little rant here. You know, he's around six foot, 220. Um, and here's the thing. Like, I, this is going to be a quandary for this class, I think, because Bijan Robinson, we haven't really had a running back ranked in the, like, the top 10 prospects for a little bit, for at least a few cycles. Najee Harris was good. I think he was more of a top 20 guy. Um, but Bijan Robinson, to me, is a blue chip running back prospect. And it, it, that begs the question, where do you draft this guy then? You know, oh, he's like third on your board. That means he's fourth top three pick. No, that, that's not how it works anymore. Running back position is relatively replaceable. So me personally, I wouldn't feel super comfortable taking a running back unless it really depends on the team situation. If you are in a position where you can use that capital on a running back without foregoing another serious need. Like if your team is pretty much set, and you, it's picked 20, 21, 22, then yeah, I would take him. But you know, there's, it's just not, it doesn't carry the same value as other positions. But I, with my grades anyway, I try not to factor in positional value because it's a good exercise to see where prospects are ranked in, in relative relation to each other just by pure talent. And Bijan Robinson is, in my mind, a top five player, potentially top three prospect in this class, six foot 220. Um, you know, it's weird. He's not the most explosive guy. He doesn't have top end speed, but you know, he's just, I, it's hard to explain, man. Cause like with each explosive burst, he wins with fat. He, he plays with fast feet, you know, very agile, very sudden. He doesn't cover a ton of ground with each explosive burst that he uses, but he's so fluid, so abrupt, so in control for a guy, his size 
he is he's a master when it comes to space spatial awareness and spatial manipulation you know like he gets out he's such a quick processor when it comes to leverage and short spaces elite you know i think rare creative instincts like close to generational creative instincts where this guy you know he immediately knows what's going on you know his feet are so rapid in the reaction relative to what he's seeing you know we can quickly employ what he's seeing and, and apply it and i just I love this guy, man. He's got he's got good burst for sure. You know, I don't think it's great burst, but it, I don't think it's elite burst. But he does have good burst, especially when he has a little bit of a runway because he's got fast feet. You know, that fleet-footed acceleration, he's got that for sure. You know, and he can use that. You know, he doesn't have bad speed, right? Just not elite again. But for his size, six foot two twenty, physical, great balance between cuts, and then just the agility, the control that he has is is incredible. You know, it's 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 something. You know, and you guys know we don't use these terms lightly. You know, like this is not, you know, like we're never we're not throwing around the word generational uh, every single podcast, right? So, and I'm not saying that he's a generational running back prospect, but the trait that he has. I think I think that creative instincts is is very rare. I have not seen a running back with this kind of creative instinct yet. So, you know, I think that's something that will sustain success for him at the NFL level. Very excited to see what he does. Ali, we, we've gone a little bit over, and I think part of that was due to my Bijan rant. But, um, you know, it, it, it's worth it. It's worth it. Real quick, before we go, any closing thoughts for, for the listeners here? We went through our top 50s and thoughts on that. Uh, anything to look forward to in the coming weeks? I know we're going to be switching to one podcast a week. Uh, coming up here and i know you've got leave soon i think in june uh, at the latest but yeah any any closing thoughts for us here i i just want to touch to be honest i just want to touch on Bijan robinson as well because you talk about the the value running back value i think thinking of Bijan robinson purely as a running back is a, a mistake i think if you think of Bijan robinson as an offensive weapon i think that's the best way to describe him i, I don't think i don't think there's a player who can be as dominant offensively in so many multiple ways that B. John Robinson can. I don't think we've seen that player. And you you, you talk about running backs. We were talking about it in the meeting that we had the other day. Like, you are probably not going to see a Saquon Barkley taken at two again. We're very not very unlikely to see the likes of Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette's top five draftings just because of, of how the NFL, the perceived value of the running back. But that should not take away from Bijan Robinson being a top ten player in this NFL draft because that that's what he is. He's a top ten player. Take away the fact that his trade is to to tote the rock. Ignore that. He's a top ten player in terms of how he goes about his business and how he can impact an offense in multiple ways. Like such an an exceptional receiving running back as well. Uh, I think Bijan Robinson is is one of the most exciting prospects in this entire class. Yeah, and as a pure runner, just one of the best pure runners to come out in maybe the last five to ten years. I mean, it's he is, he is incredible. I'm very excited to see how he does at Texas this year. I mean, with the talent that they got, man, I mean, they could be unstoppable. I mean, again, we, keep, we say Texas is back every year, and they're never back, right? But you'd like to hope they're back this year because at their peak projection can be a very fun team, and Bijan is at the center of that. Uh, but that's all we got for today, everyone. Uh, we've gone a little bit over. True to form, that's, that's kind of a, a regular thing here, but you know, we appreciate everyone tuning in and listening and you know, kind of listening to our, our ramblings on the 2023 NFL Draft. 
We will be back next week with more thoughts, more film updates, and hey, more relevant pieces to, to talk about too. So, you know, it just keeps going. The ball is rolling at this point. There's no stopping it. Soon enough, it'll be July, August, and we'll be gearing up for the season. But until then, more film, more preliminary grades, and more of our beautiful voices. We know you love that. So until next time, everyone, peace out. Have a good one.